حبيبنا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أما بعد اليوم ثمانية من شهر رمضان 1442 الموافق ل 20 من شهر أبريل 2021 نواصل درسنا في هذا الكتاب المبارك كتاب الله عز وجل أن we uh, were dealing with uh, the tafsir of Surah Al-Kahf. So this is the third uh, session, I guess, yeah, of this, uh, no, more than that, right, Abdurrahman? Uh, how many we did now? Today is the fourth, inshallah. Uh, so this is the fourth uh, session, ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from all of us and grant us a successful Ramadan. Uh, uh, last uh, time we uh, talk about the cause of the revelation of this surah, Surah to Al-Kahf, and <coughs> we reach a place where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, uh, told us the, uh, I mean, the summary of this uh, uh, story. Um, I guess uh, uh, we did not uh, begin the, the summary, right, Abdul Rahman? No, Sheikh. We started explaining the first few ayats. Uh, did we talk about Am Hasibitum? Am Hasibitum and Asabul Kafi? No, but then it's a Okay. So uh, I, I do believe that I had mentioned uh, in the previous class yesterday that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what He did in this uh, surah uh, concerning the story of these uh, people. He summarized it first, and then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala continued with the with the details. So uh, I guess we talk about uh, the first uh, few ayat, or the first uh, the first uh, ayah, and then uh, we stopped. Bidin Allah Taala. So I will refresh our mind, and then I will move forward. Bidin Allah Azza wa Jal. يقول الله تبارك وتعالى أم حسبت أن أصحاب الكهف والرقيم كانوا من آياتنا عجبا. إذا والفتية إلى الكهف فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئنا من أمرنا رشدا فضربنا على آذانهم في الكهف سنين عددا ثم بعثناهم لنعلم أي الحزبين أحصى لما لبثوا أمدا. Allah subhanahu wa taala talked to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asking him about the way he see this story of the people of Kaf. So he blamed him first. For uh, getting so worried about uh, these people who are uh, rejecting him and separating themselves from from him, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala also blamed the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the second time uh, for not saying insha Allah when he uh, talked about something which is to take place in in the future. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala now started to tell the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam about what the mushrikeen were looking for, which according to them will uh, uh, testify for them whether Rasulullah is a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or he is lying. So uh, this is the, 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 the basis of the imtihan, the, the test given to them by the Jews of Medina. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after 15 days, you know, uh, uh, he gave uh, the Prophet وسلم, the solution. So he says, Am hasibt anna al-kahfi I mean, do you think that the story of the people of Kahf war Raqib and also the Raqib Kanumin Ayatina Ajaba? They are the most amazing thing about the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
I mean, do you think that this is something that is so amazing in, in, in a way it, it should be counted as the most amazing thing? As we mentioned yesterday, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to the other thing which are given to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in which uh, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam should understand it in that manner, you know, not to be worried about what the Jew or the Mushrikeen are talking about. Because he does have from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot of things which are far greater than the story of the people of Kaf about the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So many things which are so amazing, you know, in the life of, uh, I mean, in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which the Prophet sallallahu and the believers, if they're looking for something that is so amazing, you know, much more greater than the Surah Al-Kahf, they could have found uh, definitely that one to be the best thing to be uh, reflecting upon. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet sallallahu why did he make it a big deal, you know? Yes, their, their, their story is so amazing, but why is it any, uh, such an issue that the Prophet وسلم, any, they put him into that uh, situation of uh, worry, you know, because of it. You know, although the story is so amazing and so interesting, and these people, they show a strong dedication, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الكهف, you know, and talking about the youth at this age, and they, they have this strong dedication for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is really amazing. But at the same time, the Prophet sallallahu had a lot from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which are more than enough, you know, to grant him that uh, tranquility. And if he's looking for amazing signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those ones are greater than the story of uh, the Kaf, such as the creation of the Arsh, the creation of the heavens and the earth, which we can see them with our own eyes, you know, the heavens and the earth and the stars, and so many other things which are created by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi, uh, I'm sorry, which are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Am hasibta So do you think that uh, Ashab al-Kahf, the people of Kahf, Al-Raqim, Al-Kahf is the cave. Al-Raqim, according to the best interpretations of the scholars, is the, 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 the lawh, you know, is, is a kind of a signboard, you know, uh, 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 something that is a place, you know, uh, in, in the front part of the, the cave in which the names of the, the people of Kaf were written there. That's uh, the interpretation chosen by Ibn uh, Jarir al-Tabari, that al-Raqim is not a name of a city, is not a name of uh, somebody or something, but it is al-Marqum, it's referring to Marqum. Marqum means al-Maktub. So that is something which, uh, something was written on it. So since we had a story, you know, from uh, the, the past that in front of the cave, there is uh, uh, something which uh, has the list of the name of those people who are inside the calf. So we should take it in that, in that way. So that's the best interpretation to say that Ar-Raqim is referring to the Marqum. Marqum means something which is written in front of, in front of the calf. Uh, uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kitabun uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, uh, so now he started telling the Prophet sallallahu the summarized version of the story. He says, when the fitya, fitya, these are the, the youth, you know, uh, the word is referring to young people. Ilal kaf, they left their people to the kaf, to the cave. 
فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئنا من أمرنا رشدا. So on their way to the Kaf, they ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to grant them mercy and also to make success. I mean to make the final conclusion and the end of their affair be the successful one. I mean Allah سبحانه وتعالى to help them to succeed in this choice of theirs and also to protect them. So when they move to the Kaf. They ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this request. Ya Allah, guide us, help us to maintain our istiqamah, to be firmly established upon the truth and not to compromise any part of it and also to protect us until we meet you. Hayyilana min amrina rashada. They were asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, I mean, to make it part of the decree, you know, for them that they will remain guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until they meet him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us live this life in righteousness. So these are the, the fitya, you know, what, what did they do? They ran away from their people to that uh, place, you know, running away in terms of protection of their, of their religion. I will stress uh, upon this as one of the first lessons extracted from, from this uh, surah, inshallah. So they said, "Wahayyilana min min amrina rashada." Okay, that's the meaning of "Wahayyilana min amrina rashada." I ejal aqibatana rashada. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to say, "Ya Allah, ma qadaytilana min qada in fajal aqibatahu rushda." Ya Allah, whatever you have decreed for us, Ya Allah, make the the final end for this decree of yours any towards us be rashada. Rashada means good and success. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also used to say, Allahumma ahsin aqibatana fil umuri kulliha wa ajirna min khizi dunya wa adhabi al-akhirah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the final end of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the believers be the successful one and also to protect them from the tragedy of this life and also the tragedy of the hereafter. So when they get inside the kahf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ آذَانِهِمْ فِي الْكَحْفِ سِنِينَ عَدَدًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we close their ears, you know, سِنِينَ عَدَدًا in that kahf. He did not mention sleeping because when the ears is closed, when the ears is blocked, you know, that kind of blockage, when it is blocked in that way, the eyes are going to close. When you sleep, the ears goes first and then the eyes, I mean, the eyes will come afterwards. So Allah says, فَضَرَبْنَا عَلَىٰ أَذَانِهِمْ We block their ears. فِي الْكَحْفِ سِنِينَ عَدَدًا For so many years in the kahf. ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاهُمْ لِنَعْلَمْ أَيُّ الْحِزْبَيْنِ أَحْصَى لِمَا لَبِثُ أَمَدًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and then we brought them back from that sleep after those hundreds of years. لِنَعْلَمْ أَيُّ الْحِزْبَيْنِ أَحْصَى لِمَا لَبِثُ أَمَدًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already know, but this is a test also for the humankind to see who will get the exact estimate of the time uh, the people of Kahf lived in, inside the Kahf. And this controversy happens between even the Ashab al-Kahf themselves also. And the people in the city also, they were arguing how many years they lived in the Kahf. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will talk about this in the last part of this, uh, this, uh, this story. <coughs> قال أحصل ما لبثوا أمدا أمدا some says I mean they are arguing about the number of the years they stay or they are arguing about 
the, the, the last moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala woke them up after spending those years. They're not concerned about how many they, 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 how much they spent inside the calf, but they're more concerned about when did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring them, bring them back. <coughs> so this is the summary. This is just like an introduction to make you interested to see the detail about this story. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ نَبَأْهُمْ بِالْحَقِّ إِنَّهُمْ فِتْيَةٌ آمَنُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ وَزِدَّهُمْ هُدَىٰ SubhanAllah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ نَبَأْهُمْ بِالْحَقِّ إِنَّهُمْ فِتْيَةٌ Allah says, we are the one who are narrating the story of these people with the truth, not the Jew. For sure you're going to have deficiency in their narrations. For sure you're going to have deficiency in the narrations of the mushrikeen. For sure you're going to have a lot of deficiencies. <coughs> Sorry. In the narrations of others, whoever they are. The most accurate narration of history is that which you find in the Quran. No mistake in it. There is no way for it to be, uh, to be wrong. <coughs> That's why the scholar said, uh, for those of you who study Usul al-Fiqh, you know uh, the concept of Anasikh wal-Mansukh. Anasikh wal-Mansukh is only applicable on the legal rulings. Akhbar la tunsakh. There is no Nasikh wal-Mansukh in the Akhbar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Akhbar of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is no Nasikh wal-Mansukh. Hukum, yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might bring something and remove it uh, with something else. But to have... A, Khabar, uh, you know, story, and then abrogate it, because abrogation of uh, a story suggests what? The minimum you can say, mistake. Allah subhanahu wa taala la abdan. There is no way for Allah subhanahu wa taala to be wrong in anything. We, the creation, we are wrong in our decisions and so many things we do, but Allah never made a mistake, never forgot, and never made a mistake. You know. That's why you call him Al-Latif Al-Khabir, Al-Latif Al-Khabir. You know, Al-Khabir is the, I mean, beyond the expertise, you're talking about expertise, right? Beyond that, you know, you don't have a word to describe the khibra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then you don't have the word to describe it. We just have to take the literal meaning and believe in, in it. The kafiyya only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. Al-Latif. You know, those uh, subtle and so many, I mean, so, so, so tiny, tiny you know, uh, and information, you know, which is so hidden. Allah SWT has all of them. So that's why when he speaks, he speaks accurately. People have to come and uh, fix their stories and fix their beliefs, you know, because now the one who knows is speaking, you know. So Allah SWT is saying here, we will tell you the story of these people with the truth. I mean, the real story of these people, what really happened. And you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't waste time. You know, we're the one who talk a lot. <laughs> but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will go straight forward to the point. And the most important lesson in the story of a people, what benefits you. That's why I really advise you, whenever you read the Quran, focus a lot. Especially when it comes to the matters of the history. Like there is a great lesson Allah SWT wanted us to benefit from the stories and the history he narrated to us in the Quran. But unfortunately, as he said in Surah Al-Shu'ara, uh, he says, In that which has been mentioned to them about the story of the previous nation, 
uh, uh, great lessons, you know. There are so many lessons which people have to benefit from in order to succeed in this life. But unfortunately, the vast majority of them are not believers, are heedless. You know, Allah says there is uh, there are lessons, you know. This is the reason why Allah SWT is bringing it. But unfortunately, the vast majority of the people are heedless. And this is uh, actually what is happening. I will give you one line of poetry. Those of you who speak Arabic will understand it uh, uh, more. But I will translate it in the way everyone will understand it. It says, وَمَنْ وَعَدْ فِي صَدْرِهِ أَضَافَ أَعْمَارًا إِلَىٰ عُمْرِهِ وَمَنْ وَعَدْ فِي صَدْرِهِ أَضَافَ أَعْمَارًا إِلَىٰ عُمْرِهِ it's very interesting uh, line of poetry said by one of them. He said, if you read history and you understand it correctly, you're going to attach and adopt and increase your age. You know, you're going to take ages and add them up to your age. And that's true. You Allah, that's true. If I come to a place and I study the place, the life of the successful one and the life of uh, the people who fail, you know, I study my life is going to be very simple because I will be following the shortcut way. Unfortunately, this is how Allah SWT want. I mean, unfortunately, this is uh, 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 unfortunately Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala uh, did not want what we are doing. You know, the way we are listening to the history, Allah SWT doesn't want it. What Allah SWT want us to do when we listen to the history, to focus and to pay attention and to take that which has been cooked for us and use it in the way it is. It is given to us, but unfortunately we don't want that. We want to engage in the experiment in the same way the previous nation also were doing the experiment. They were doing the experiment rather than trusting the Prophet and take it. You know, they did not do. They want to test. Until death came and snatched them, they are still blind, you know. We are supposed to benefit from their story to see what really happened and avoid the mistake they made. But unfortunately, we are repeating the same mistakes made by the previous nation. Nowadays, if you look at the, 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 the proclaims of the, of the liberalists, they are taking us back to the age of the Jahiliyyah, you know, back to the time of the Jahiliyyah. They just want us to go back to that, that era. They forgot what the Prophet ﷺ did for the humanity, you know, which saved them from the tragedy and the darkness of injustice and kufr, you know. The Prophet ﷺ brought them to the light. They don't want that. They want people to go back to those dark ages. But unfortunately, as I always mention that, unfortunately, uh, our people trust them, you know. Our people trust them. It's very unfortunate. I don't care about, you know, the enemies of Allah Taala, but the worry is about our people who are trusting them. And wallahi, my dear brothers and sisters, there is no success to this ummah unless if we go back to the book of Allah SWT, the sunnah of the Prophet It's as simple as that. You know, nowadays, technically, we are like slaves following others, you know. We follow others. They decide how we should live, you know. Even how we should think they are deciding this for us. And this is what we chose for ourselves. Allah SWT brought us up because of Islam. Read the history and see how much Allah SWT elevated the, pre, uh, the previous nation. You know, I'm talking about the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu in ranking. You know, how much Allah SWT brought them up? What was their life before Islam? And what was their life after Islam? Who they were? Almost there were, I mean, every single nation was following them. 
they lead everyone with justice and they show uh, uh, the world how good life is supposed to be uh, to be observed what is the meaning of the good life they show us you know in the history but what what was the thing that brought them up that was nothing except Islam Umar anhu, after the defeat of the Persian you know those who are the the worst you know one of the worst you know entities that ever existed in terms of arrogance look at even the name of the king you know when the Muslim defeated them you know and the treasure that exists in Farisa was brought to somebody whose clothes was having so many patches on it you know SubhanAllah, people cry. Somebody said a very nice statement which fit us, you know. They saw him crying, they asked him, why were you crying? He said, SubhanAllah, he looked at the city, was gone. And who took it to the ground? A few, few among the Muslims, you know. Those people, they're like ants. But their size and their number doesn't work in front of Iman, you know. That person who was crying when he was asked, why were you crying? He said, because... Uh, I just look at these uh, people. Bil-Ams, Yesterday they were the strongest nation. They break whatever stands on their way. And today look at them. They are all on their knees. He said, I know what brought them to their knees was the disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah took them down to their knees. He said, I'm afraid the Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa also would do the same thing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take it from them. We led uh, Spain for 800 years, according to the history, India for how long, and the Khilafah exists for how long. Now what happened? Almost everything is gone. You know. People have to take care of themselves. So we want to go back. We claim that we want to go back. That is only one way. I should fix myself. I fix my family. You fix yourself. You fix your family. Let's be realistic. You know, I fix myself, you fix yourself, you fix your family, we go and engage in the da'wah. Not necessarily that we organize the da'wah, no. Everyone should do da'wah according to his capacity, you know. You have friends, you have people outside, you have students, you know, you have scholars, you know. Whenever you see something which is against the law of Allah, fix it according to your ability. If we are to do this, Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, Allah will grant us, you know, that success which we used to enjoy before. We will definitely get it, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Allah ta'ala said about Sulaiman alayhi salam, وَأُوتِينَ الْعِلْمَ مِنْ قَبْلِهَا وَكُنَّا مُسْلِمِينَ Sulaiman was replying, uh, I mean, I mean <coughs> Balqis, you know, talking about Balqis, you know, she used to have that strong civilization which Al-Hudhud uh, said, وَأُوتِيَتْ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ but when she reached Sulaiman, subhanAllah, I still wonder what kind of uh, technology she see in that place. What makes her think that she's going to be walking in a river? She was taken, uh, you know, uh, in a, a trying to uh, take up the, what do you call the skirt, so that she would not uh, make it wet, you know. So Sulaiman told her, no, it's, it was like that, just, it's no normal thing, just go, you know. Imagine she has that big civilization, you know, very strong uh, uh, queen, you know, in that place. But when she reached uh, Suleiman alayhi salam, that, uh, that thing was uh, technically gone, you know. She became like somebody who is coming from a village. The interesting part of this, 
was the statement of Suleiman when he says, He attached this advancement of uh, technology or development or civilization that she had with Islam. He says, we are Muslims. That's why we got this from Allah ta'ala. And wallahi, no doubt, my dear brothers, it says Islam brings us up. And kufr and disobedience bring us down. You should be Aziz, you should be proud of being Muslim and not just being proud of being Muslim, practice Islam. The most important thing is to see Islam being practiced by you. And if you practice Islam, everyone on earth is going to get the benefit uh, from that. So back to the story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrated the best you know, uh, information about the story of these people, as I said, Allah SWT goes straight forward to that which benefit, without talking too much. That's why in some places of the Quran, Allah SWT narrated some stories, you know, SubhanAllah, in one or two lines, you know, one or two ayah, the whole story is finished. The whole story is finished. Allah says, وَفِي مُوسَىٰ إِذْ أَرْسَلْنَاهُ إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ بِسُلْطَانٍ مُّبِينَ فَتَوَلَّا بِرُكُنِهِ وَقَالَ سَاحِرٌ أَوْ مَجْنُونٌ is all three ayat and they're short, 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 short. If you look into the Quran, they might be around one and a half lines or two lines, you know, maximum or two and a half lines. The whole story of Musa is summarized in this. So that you can go straight forward to the benefit. So here also Allah SWT, the whole story of the people of Kafi. How many pages Allah SWT gave us? Two pages, two pages. It was a very big event which is preserved by the Jews. They really preserve it so much and they, they pay much of attention on this uh, story, you know. In a way, they even make it as uh, the means of testing somebody who claimed to be the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He must know something about these, these ones. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the story in, in a very brief way because Allah wants us to go straight forward to the, to the benefit. So he said, إِذْ أَوَلْ فِتْيَةُ إِلَى الْكَافِ فَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا آتِنَا he says, Allah says, uh, these are those who are fitya. Fitya means young people, shabab. They believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we increase them in righteousness and guidance. So, first of all, these people are shabab. That shows the importance of this age. And, and definitely this is, this is true. This age is very important. The golden age, you can say. The most valuable age in the life of a person. That's why it is one of the, 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 the basis of the question on the Day of Judgment. When you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's going to ask you about your youth. How did you finish it? You know? What did you do in that, in that moment of time? And this uh, uh, age is starting from 15 up to 30 years. Some scholars said 15 up to 40. After 40, then you are getting uh, into the age of kohula, they call it. So start from 15 up to 40. That should be the best age a person is having, you know, very fresh, very strong, you know, very energetic. The fikr, you know, the thinking is, mashallah, going beyond the limit also sometimes, you know. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described them as fitya to remind all of us, you know, one of the wisdom we might be benefiting here, to remind all of us about how to utilize this age. 
Many of us have already crossed this age. You know, I've already crossed this age. But we do have children, we do have people who are still at this age that you remind them about the benefit of this moment of time in which when it is gone, you will never be able to uh, uh, fix it. You know, whatever is gone in this age, you cannot, cannot fix it. And it will be the greatest waste of uh, time and energy, which at last point I will question you on the day of judgment about how did you finish it? So, and also if you look at the history, you find that even in the time of the Prophet who is quicker in terms of uh, acceptance of the truth? Who is quickly accepting the truth much more better than the rest? Who is that? Uh, the youth. In the time of the Prophet look at the companions of the Prophet Most of them are youth. Most of them are youth. Yeah. Uh, the time uh, Umar accepted Islam is also, and he's somehow, you know, somehow young. Sa'ad was young, uh, Talha was young, Zubair was young, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was young, Abdullah ibn Umar, you know, so many companions in Mecca, Zaid was young, so many of them, they were all youth, you know. You go to Medina also, you find a lot of youth people. That's why uh, the reflection of this, uh, uh, what do you call, golden uh, age uh, was uh, found to be in existence during the Battle of uh, Uhud, when the, the younger ones, they, uh, what do you call, uh, they defeated the, the old people. The old people, they chose what was chosen by the Prophet ﷺ, which was the correct decision to stay in Medina. But the young people, there are many. And all of them said, Ya Rasulullah, we missed the battle of Badr and now an opportunity came uh, uh, again. And then Ya Rasulullah, you told us to, to stay in Medina. Ya Rasulullah, we see nothing except to go and meet those ones, Ya Rasulullah. This might be our opportunity, Ya Rasulullah. The people who went for the battle of Badr, they got the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they will never go to hell at all. We also want that. So uh, this is a clear indication that this is the best age that somebody should be utilizing. Not to wait until you reach the old age and then you will start thinking of how to fix it yourself. So Ibn Kathir says, even if you look at the time of the Prophet the vast majority of the followers of Rasulullah were the young ones. As for the Mashaykh Quraysh, you know who they are. Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, and, uh, and Utbah, and so many uh, those people who Allah SWT got them during the matter of Badr, they are the main rejectors of the Prophet Most of the old people rejected Muhammad The vast majority of those who follow Rasulullah were the younger ones. So that should be the first lesson, you know, directly to those people who are at this age, you know, to make sure that you utilize properly your youthness, you know, this age should be utilized properly. And do remember that your, uh, Allah SWT is going to question you about it on the day of judgment. Uh, how did you spend your life between 15 to 40 years old? What exactly you did on that? He will ask you collectively about your umur, uh, how did you spend it? But specifically, he will ask you uh, about this, this period of time. How did you spend it? Yeah. That this is really ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be granted awareness starting from this age. To be granted awareness starting from this age. So unfortunately nowadays, uh, people at the age of 15 in, in our time, the most heedless people, subhanAllah. In the past it used to be the opposite. But now it's not easy. With the advancement of the technology, it's not easy to control the tarbiyah. 
That, that's why parents should uh, try their best and to make sure that you take your children to the right place. Wallahi, don't you ever be deceived by the illusion that you see in the schools. If the school doesn't have a tarbiyah in it, take your child uh, to another place. This is your responsibility and there is no joke in this responsibility. You will be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of this. And let me tell you this, my dear brothers and sisters. Wallahi, don't be surprised. One of the main causes of the delay of one of us, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us for in, in going to paradise is his children. Your daughter might be the reason why you will be delayed. Your daughter might be the reason why you will get into trouble on the Day of Judgment. Your son might be the reason why you will get into trouble on the Day of Judgment. Because those ones will come and be your khusama on the Day of Judgment. They will fight you in, in the presence of Allah SWT on the Day of Judgment. Because Allah Taala says, On the Day of Judgment, the nasab, you know, this lineage that you see, will be gone. People will be looking at each other, you know, uh, with the eyes of acclaim, you know. He did this and everyone is looking for how to get something from the other one, including your parents, including your children, including your spouses, you know, friends and everyone. Allah says, المتقين, On the day of judgment, you see the best friends who are very close to each other, you know, exceptionally close to each other in this life. On the day of judgment, they will become the enemy of each other, except those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as such, my dear brothers and sisters, remember this responsibility as a father to try your best to preserve the early age of your child. That will help him, inshallah, to have the enough and the strong resistance he needs to fight the evil in the future when he is uh, to be conf confronted by, by it. As I said, uh, the, the challenge we are facing nowadays is to find the place where you can put your child, you know, which uh, uh, can provide a proper education and protect the terbiah of the children. Nowadays is, is a matter of challenge. But... There is no compromise, you know. You should always look at this matter with the eyes of responsibility and you should always put yourself in, in the situation whereby you remember a time when, when Allah SWT will bring you back to him and ask you about that, the amana he put on your shoulder. And remember this, that the Prophet SAW said, مَا مِنْ رَعِينَ يَسْتَرْعِيهِ اللَّهُ رَعِيَةً يَمُوتُ يَوْمَ يَمُوتُ وَهُوَ غَاشٌ لِرَعِيَتِهِ إِلَّا حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ there will be nobody who Allah will ask him to take care of somebody, you know, to be responsible of something. But unfortunately, he cheat in that responsibility, except that Allah is going to make Jannah haram upon him. So let's remember this, you know, children, the amana with us, we have to make sure that we help them to preserve this golden age and make sure that they utilize it properly so that they will not face problem in, in the future. You see, in some places, you know, the enemies, they focus on the children because they are the future of uh, their generation, you know. They're the future of their generation. They are going to take over. You know, uh, the old one will be gone. And who will, be replaced, who will be the replacement? The younger one. If we don't prepare them for this, you know, life is going to be in the state of haywire in, in the future. So Allah says, إِنَّهُمْ فِتْيَةٌ آمَنُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ So those people, uh, those people they are not uh, quite old. Allah SWT says they are young. They are shabab. You know, at the age of 15, 16, 20, you know, uh, people of that nature. Allah SWT says, but آمَنُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ They have strong iman. You know, in the Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, Wazidna hum huda. 
and we increase them in righteousness. And this is one of the, the evidences, you know, the second lesson we can benefit from this. Another lesson we can take from this is that Iman increases and decreases. It depends on what you're doing. Iman doesn't stay in one level. You know, there are some people who uh, claim that Iman is, well, Iman Wahid, they said. Uh, there is no difference between Iman of Jibreel and Iman of Muhammad sallallahu There is no difference between Iman of Jibreel and Iman of one of us. You know, the worst person on earth, you know, you have some people who will tell you that his Iman is like the Iman of Jibreel. And those people will tell you that as long as you have Iman, the ma'asi, the sins will never harm you. And this aqidah is very dangerous. Wallahi is very dangerous. It's taken from the Christianity because Christians, uh, uh, I mean, are trying to convince us that somebody died for our sin. That means do whatever you want, you know. That's exactly what it means. Although they might tell you, no, 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 it doesn't mean that. But if you tell the community that somebody died for his sins, you know, do whatever you want, that is somebody who sacrificed himself for his sin. What does that mean? And add to that, amongst the Muslims, you have somebody who will tell you that as long as you have Iman, the Ma'asi doesn't uh, affect your Iman. What does that mean? It means everyone should do whatever he wants in the community. How is it possible for the authority to control the community if somebody believing religiously that it is okay for him to go and commit sin because he has Iman? You know? No, this is not what the Prophet ﷺ told us. What we learned from the Prophet ﷺ that Iman increases and decreases. And some of the evil deed might take a person to the way if he is not careful, he might lose his religion. And there is a concept of accountability in this religion of ours. And everything has been mentioned to you very clearly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you would do the right thing and stay away from the wrong one. And if you do something which is considered to be wrong Islamically, you're supposed to be responsible of that and the authority is supposed to, help, to hold you responsible of that. That's the aqidah of Al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And this is how we can bring comfort to the life of humankind. Allah says, وَلَكُمْ فِي Your life lies in the law of retaliation, the application of the law of retaliation, the qisas. Imagine if there is no government to take action, we will end up having the same life of the previous nation, you know. The Ansar before the arrival of Rasulullah were fighting each other for 120 years. 120 years they're fighting each other. And their brothers and sisters, they're coming from the same source. But subhanAllah, there was no authority among them to fix that which has been messed up by the people. Somebody was killed among them and there was no authority to take action. People take matters at their hand. Imagine if uh, we're going to believe in this aqidah that says Iman doesn't go up, doesn't, I mean, the point is just to have Iman and you can do whatever you want. SubhanAllah. How, how can we live in this life, you know? How can we live, you know? So Alhamdulillah, the Sunnah of the Prophet rejected this, the Quran rejected it. Allah SWT told us in many places that there is a concept of accountability and responsibility. You know, and, and we learned from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu as well as the Book of Allah that Iman goes up and Iman goes down. The more righteous you are, the more Iman you have. You know, the more Iman you have, the better you are in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You want good life, you want prosperity, you have to have this Iman and righteousness that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala promise you to grant you a pleasant life. As he says, uh, uh, so Allah says They have the Iman and we grant them increase in the Iman 
Why that increase? Because of their dedication and their, and their righteousness. So as I said, this is one of the, the ayat, uh, uh, one of the ayat uh, uh, used by the scholars to support the fact that Iman increases and decreases also according to the, uh, the righteous deed of that person. Uh, it is mentioned that this story, some scholars, this is just for information, uh, some scholars mentioned that the story of the people of Kaab happened during the time of Isa salam. But Ibn Kathir dismantled this uh, belief and uh, his approach is correct, you know, because this story has been preserved by the Jew. And you know the Jew, they really hate Isa they were the one who plotted against him to kill him. And in fact, if you go back to the history, the religion of Isa alayhi salam, which is the Sharia of Isa alayhi salam, the, the Jew were, were the one behind distorting the Sharia. In the way we see it, in the way it is now, nowadays, the Jew were behind that. Go back to the history, you will find this. So if they were, I mean, like this, you know, they really hate Isa alayhi salam and they really hate anything about Christianity, for sure, if this is a story that happened to the Christian, they will never preserve it in the way they're preserving it. And add to that, the Mushrikeen, they send somebody to, to, the, uh, to the Jew to get uh, something. They, don't send to, they, they do not send somebody to Sham, you know, to go to Syria and get information from the Christian. You know, they send, it, uh, they send somebody to the Jew. And the Jew told them about this, uh, these people. Yeah. Okay, so this is the, 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 uh, the second lesson. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَرَبَطْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ إِذْ قَامُوا فَقَالُوا رَبُّنَا رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَنَّدُعُوا مِن دُونِهِ إِلَهًا لَقَدْ قُلْنَا إِذًا شَطَطَعَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَرَبَطْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ And we strengthen their heart. So they show seriousness. And also they were honest in their belief. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we grant them an increase in iman and righteousness. And also we protect their heart from compromising any part of the deen. And we grant them strength and power to resist the evil in front of the king. Uh, the source, I mean, I mean of uh, the story of the Surah uh, Sahab al-Kahf, you know, other than uh, the Quran, does not exist. You know, we have it from the Quran. Uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about them. But the other sources we, uh, that we can find some details about them is only from the, the children of Israel, the Israeliyat we call them. So that's why the scholars took what could be taken and they reject what cannot be trusted. So Ibn Kathir also, like anybody else, he narrated what uh, happened you know, what happens with these people? How did they uh, fight the evil in their community? And what exactly was happening in the community? And what was the cause for them to leave this, uh, uh, this community and go to the, to the cave, uh, running away from uh, 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 the, the kufur, you know, to protect the religion? Uh, there is a great lesson in this uh, part of the, the, the story. And I do believe it is good for us to uh, narrate the story completely in the way Ibn Kathir uh, mentioned it. But the time will not permit us to do that today. Insha'Allah uh, on uh, Thursday, when we come back, uh, I will narrate the story according to the way Ibn Kathir uh, put it. And then we can see uh, the lessons we can extract from, from it, insha'Allah. Barakallahu feekum. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you good and success in life. Uh, Rahman, if there is uh, any question, uh, please uh, do come up with it.
that, that it's a follow-up from yesterday's question on when to give charity. Is it better to give the charity during the last 10 days uh, and is it better to give at night because of Laila Tulkhazi? I will advise uh, you to give charity the moment you have ability to do that because this life is not uh, controlled by us. You don't know whether you will live until you see the last 10 days. We hope so. But since you are not the one who is controlling the life, it is better for you whenever you have the opportunity, just do it. Then when the last 10 days comes, if you still have opportunity, although it is very little, but give some, you know, uh, out of the fear that you might leave this life. And also, you don't know what will happen in the future. You might change your mind. You know, so you don't know. Since you don't control this, it is better for you the, the moment you remember to give charity and the moment Allah uh, grants you the ability, just give that charity. And then if Allah grants you ability to see uh, what you call the last 10 days of Ramadan, engage in giving the charity also at that moment, uh, even if it is very little. Even like Allah. This is what I will uh, prefer for you. Yeah. last 10 days, will they have like the opportunity to give it in the evening or in the afternoon, but they delay it till after Maghrib in the Asia time? Is it better because it might uh, be in line with the Laylatul Qadr? Uh, I will not say it is better because this one saying it is better, it has, uh, it has to be proven. You should uh, uh, bring something uh, to prove it. For sure, the nights in the last 10 days of Ramadan, they are better than any other night. You know, these uh, last uh, 10 days of Ramadan, the last night, they are the best nights that are uh, existing in a year. The best night. And for sure, if they are the best night, righteous deed in this best night is good. But what I'm saying is, uh, delaying righteous deed is not good for, for, for us at all, because we don't know what will happen in the future, so I will prefer whenever opportunity comes, just engage in the charity in Ramadan, you know, look for somebody who needs, just give him at that moment, don't wait until the last uh, 10 days, or you can save some money also for the last 10 days, even if it is little, in those last 10 days of Ramadan, divide your wealth, you know, according to uh, the days, every day give something, even if it is one ringgit, uh, participate in that charity, but look for the need and support that need the moment the need arrive, you know, that's the best form of charity. There is a need, support that need immediately. Don't wait until the time you wanted to generate more reward. When it comes to charity, the focus is on that person that you're removing any, you know, difficulty from his, from his life. That person that you're trying to put happiness, you know, uh, uh, on his face, you know. Uh, the focus is on him. How much this person is uh, been granted ease because of the charity you are given. You know, that has its own value also. You have to put this into your consideration. So we shouldn't focus so much on how to maximize the benefit, uh, our own personal benefit, although it's good also because we are talking about reward, but it is always better to focus on how to maximize the benefit in terms of benefiting those needy people. Uh, for instance, in Ramadan, you know, subhanAllah, wallahi, yesterday somebody was sending me a message. We have this uh, uh, project of uh, food and all of these things. Many of you know that. Yesterday was somebody was sending me a message that he has somebody who, uh, uh, who told him that every day, 
they have to send their cups to a masjid, you know, to get something to eat, and he and his family, you know. That's how he lived, you know. Very painful story, the way he was narrating it. He said every day, you know, in this Ramadan, he told him, Aqsimu Billah, you know. He said every day he has to look for the masjid where the iftar is in, uh, I mean, it's in existence to send some a plate. Maybe he can get some food to eat, you know. And then the rest he shares with, uh, with the family, with the family members. And these ones, they're, they're there in thousands, you know, thousands of them, you know. So for sure, if you are to identify these people and give them your charity the moment they need it, this is greater than waiting until the last 10 days of Ramadan. He's suffering now. Look for those people and give it to them. Wallahi, if Allah wants to appreciate it from you, you might get the success from that one, you know. You might be the, the most, you might, you might succeed, you know. Allah Subhanahu might ask the angel to count you among those people who will never see hell in their life. So I prefer when we give charity, look for the best place, you know, where the charity will be really appreciated. Even if it is not in the last 10 days of Ramadan, it doesn't matter. The point is you put it in the last place. If that person is happy, Wallahi, Allah Subhanahu wa might appreciate it from you, you know, and you will succeed because of that. Remember that woman fed a dog, you know, dog, 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 dog. Allah wants to appreciate what she did. Allah wants to forgive her sins. So look for those people who are in need in Ramadan. Support them, you know. Remove them from this difficulty. People worry so much, you know. People worry so much, you know. And, and, and look at us. Most of us, if not all of us, the Ramadan when it arrives, you know, did not have any worry, you know, did not have any worry. You don't think about food. This is not an issue. You have other matters, you know, that are bothering you, but food is not an issue. But I'm telling you, there are so many people that when Ramadan comes, they're worrying so much, you know. Uh, and the Mu'assasa, we, we receive so many people who are in desperate need of uh, medication, you know. Wallahi, yesterday, yesterday they were telling me about uh, a sister who has cancer, you know, you know, I told her that, uh, that, that the masses are already closed, you know, because there are so many people in the, in the hospital and they cannot afford. They told me, but this one has been bleeding, you know, and they don't know what to do. And we don't know what to do except to just accept, send them, Allah SWT will open the door. You have these type of, if I sit down to narrate stories like this, you know, people in this month of Ramadan, not just what to eat, but health matters you know people are there couldn't sleep imagine you take your charity in the first part of ramadan and ease their affairs and send them to the hospital they managed to get the surgery and that thing is removed wallahi if allah valued for you and accepted you might get paradise because of this and what is money and this money that you are given allah is going to replace it for you you know that allah's mother is going to replace it for you so therefore my advice to uh, saada and everyone uh, Whenever you have ability to give into in, to give the charity, uh, whenever you have ability, you can be moderate. That's moderation. Allah SWT requires from us, you know, not to give everything you have. Be moderate. Take some part of what you have and share with others. The moment you have the ability to do it, Allah SWT will buy, value it for you. Rather than uh, putting yourself at risk. Risk means uh, you don't know whether you will reach that time or you will not reach that time. May Allah SWT grant us good and success. In life. Second question is: There's a person that prays alone. 
get the reward of praying the entire night? Uh, the person uh, prayed alone. No, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Man kama Ramadan iman wa hisaba ghufir lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbihi." If you uh, stand and pray in Ramadan uh, and and you are doing that out of iman and also looking for the reward from Allah subhanahu wa taala, all of your sins will be forgiven. All of your sins, the previous sins, will be gone. But he says, "Man kama ma'a imamihi ila an yansarif." If you pray with your imam until the end of the prayer. Allah SWT will write for you as if you prayed the whole night. So these are two things. If you pray alone, not with the Imam, you get another uh, types of reward. And if you pray with the Imam, you get a different types of, uh, type of reward, inshallah. Does that make praying in the congregation with the Imam better than praying alone? Uh, no, we, I don't say that. <laughs> It depends on the place where you can uh, feel comfortable and you can have khushu in your prayer. If you know that if you go to the masjid, you do not have khushu in your prayer, it's better to pray home. If you will pray at home. Because sometimes we don't pray in the masjid and we also don't pray at home. So that's a loss. Unless if you pray in the masjid, you have some ease. Uh, because prayer in the masjid is light. It's not heavy. You know, in contrary to praying alone. Get it? There are some scholars who believe that praying in the, uh, uh, at home for the sunnah in the Ramadan is better than praying in the masajid. Unless if the masajid are neglected. So look at yourself, you know, which one you think you will be having more energy and more focus. You know, if you know that you focus more in the masjid, it's better for you not to miss a prayer in the masjid. If you know that praying at home will grant you more focus, you know, and you will get uh, a, a better reward, you know, uh, in t since you are focusing more, pray at home is better for you. I will choose for you a combination of both. And if I am to choose, I will choose for you a combination of both. Look for a masjid that prays 11 rakat, that's khafif. You know, pray with them until witr, finish everything. And then have some part of the night, you know, and pray only two rakat. The Prophet ﷺ used to pray sometimes after the witr. So pray two rakat, make them very long, you know. So you have combination of both. You pray at home and you also pray in, in the masjid. Mm. Uh, if a person joins the congregation late and misses one rakat, but mistakenly does it sleep with the imam, then he remembers he has missed rakah. Is it sufficient for him to pray back only one rakah after he has done the salam? Yes, that, that is exactly what he should be uh, doing. Uh, when you say the salam with the imam and uh, you already missed one rakah, uh, all that you have to do is not to worry at all. Just uh, uh, stand up and pray that rakah. Make the takbir al ihram and pray that rakah alone, and then uh, and then do the sujud sahu, yeah. and do the sujud sahu. The Prophet sallallahu prayed only two rakat one day instead of four, yeah, for for zuhr or asr, ihda salatil ashi. So he prayed two rakat, and then he said the salam, and then he left back, so as if uh, back to his house. So you can see from his face the sign of worried, you know. So somebody, uh, the companion did not go out, although there are some Sara'an in Nas, they, went, they left, but uh, the, uh, the vast majority of them did not go out. They waited. 
So people are looking at each other, they don't know what to do. Fahabu and Yukalimuh, they couldn't ask him. There is a companion called Dhuliyadin, Fiyadihi Tool. He has a long hand, you know. So he went to the Prophet, you know. He said, no, I have to ask him, you know. We cannot just keep quiet like this. He went to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, aqasuratu salatu amnasit. He said, Ya Rasulullah, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reduce the prayer to two? Or you forgot? The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, lam ansa wa lam tuqsar. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told him, no, I did not forget, and the prayer was not reduced by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dhuli then said, no, Ya Rasulullah, one of them happened. <laughs> so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told him, come, let's go and see the people and ask them, you know, since you say this, I say this, SubhanAllah. Look at humbleness, you know, to teach us how to be humble. And this is one of the followers. And arguing with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he did not say, I am Rasulullah, you know, he cannot say this, you know. But he says, let's go and check with the people in the masjid and see who is right, you know, SubhanAllah. He went with the Dhuliyadin. When they reached the masjid, the Prophet said, Asadaq al-Dhuliyadin, is he, is he right in his statement? And all of the crowd said, yes, Ya Rasulullah, he was right. And then the Prophet just faced the Qibla immediately, did not make uh, Iqama min Jadid. He just faced the Qibla and said, Allahu Akbar. And then he prayed the balance of the two rakat that he forgot. And then he made sujud al-sahu after, after he finished, he finished the prayer. He made sujud al-sahu after he finished, he finished the prayer. So, you know, it's affecting the recording. So that's, uh, that's, that's it. So this is the, the, the way to fix the prayer. So when you are with the Imam and you forgot that you missed some of the rakat, you say salam. Don't worry at all. Right after you, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, the, right after you finish this, you say salam and then you remember. Just stand up and bring those rakat that you forget, and then make sujud sahu after after that, inshallah. Okay. Uh, question back for you, because and you too. Do we read surah and check each other's citation? One person reads half and the other person just and one person. Do they both get the reward of reading Surah Al-Kahf? Yeah, if they, are, if they are paying attention, you get the reward of the reciter when you are doing istima'ah, not the sama'ah. You know, somebody is reading, you are really focusing with him, word by word. You will be rewarded like him, inshallah ta'ala. Hmm. Uh, question by Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi What is the state that a person can be granted like the Ashab al-Kaf to be protected from any evil? What kind of Iman that a person must have to, to be entitled? Okay, okay, this this question, Sister, Sister Murni, I will uh, beg your permission. This question, let us answer it at the end of the surah. Because the end of the surah, we will get the, 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 the summary of the lessons, inshallah. And then uh, we will be able to hear exactly what happened, you know, and then we make that conclusion, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. So most probably on Thursday, inshallah. Let's just finish, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Then either the question will be answered by itself, or we will come back to the question and answer it at that moment, inshallah. May Allah preserve you. Uh, 
وشين بيد بدل واحد سلام عليكم السلام وشين جبالي صلاة الوتر what happens when we do صلاه الجماعة with intention to create two plus one but then the imam prays three rakats is my intention for the witr Ah, it's okay. As long as you're with the Imam, you just follow the Imam. Uh, the Imam pray three rakats continuously and he sit down in the last uh, last uh, rakah. That's okay. You have uh, variety ways of praying with her. If you're with the Imam, you're a tabi. Just follow the Imam. Uh, even if your first intention is like this, it doesn't affect, inshallah, your prayer be in light ta'ala. Prophet Sallallahu prayed with her one rakah. And that's the best opinion, inshallah. That's the opinion of uh, Imam Shafi that witr is uh, could be prayed only one rakah. Prophet prayed witr one rakah and prayed witr three rakats. But the way he prayed the three rakat is to pray three rakat continuously. If you pray two and they pray one, then the witr is one, not the two. The two are shafa. So pray three rakat. When you make witr three, uh, three rakat, then you pray continuously. You sit in the in the last uh, tashahud, uh, the last rakah. For the, for the tashahud. You don't sit in the second rakah because it will be like the maghrib. And uh, we are told by the sunnah not to imitate the maghrib in our, in our witr. And uh, also you can pray witr five rakat, also continuously. You sit in the last, uh, at, uh, last, uh, last rakah. And you can pray witr also seven rakat, uh, also continuously. You sit in the last, last, uh, last rakah and make salam. You can pray witr also uh, nine rakat, but when you pray witr nine rakat, then you must make sure that you sit on uh, you sit in the rakat number eight. Make the tashahud and then stand up. Don't say salam. Stand up and bring the last rakat, which is number nine, and then uh, sit down for the tashahud. So you have two tashahud in in, uh, in that uh, witr. So this one you are making it continuously without breaking every two rakat with the salam. And you can make it 11 rakat. These are the outar, I mean, the, 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 the method used by the Prophet ﷺ. When he makes it 11 rakat, then he prays two, 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 and then concludes with one, with one rakat. To get an idea. So in every, uh, I mean, every situation, you pray the, the shafa, two rakat, two rakat, and then pray the witr, uh, whatever amount uh, you want to, you want to pray. Yeah, so these are the variety types of uh, witr uh, being prayed by the Prophet ﷺ. He used all of these methods, sometimes this, sometimes that, sometimes this, sometimes uh, that, according to the situation of the Prophet ﷺ. But as I said, if you're praying with the Imam, then you shouldn't worry at all. Just follow the Imam. How frequently you should give advice to a teenager every day? Uh, no, no. You get bored and get familiar with it. And then your words will not be beneficial anymore. Uh, take time, talk to him and use different methods. You know. And uh, teenagers, we have to be very sensitive and very careful also when we address them. Otherwise, they will be acting as Munafiqin uh, to us. What I, what I what I mean by munafiqin means having two faces with you. Okay, but when they go out, they live their own life. You need to gain their hearts, yeah. and this needs in, intensive amount amount of uh, what you call effort to gain the heart of a teenager. 
Yeah, but I think it's, uh, I believe it's very possible. You just need to use wisdom and leniency should be the vast majority of your approach. Uh, leniency and gentleness and softness and showing kindness and love. Uh, that's, this is how we should teach them because the most important thing is to make him believe in it. In the way he will be holding upon it, even if you're not around, they will do it. Yeah, last more telecom is good, but don't talk every day. Uh, they will get bored. Naturally, human beings, if you are to talk to them every day about something, they will get bored of it. And then the benefits you are trying to reach might not be achieved at all. Uh, the intention was Maghrib or Witr? The intention was Witr, but uh -huh. was prayed as Maghrib. Uh, no, you don't pray. Witr cannot be prayed like Maghrib prayer. Either you pray two rakat, and then you say salam, and then, uh, what do you call? Uh, and then you say salam, and then uh, uh, stand up and pray one more rakat. Or you pray three rakat continuously, and sit in the last, last uh, rakat. Mm -hmm. If someone mistakenly does that, does he have to do sujood so? Uh, in, in the witter prayer, you added tashahud, right? Yeah. Mm. If you if you pray in the witter prayer and you added tashahud, according to the opinion that says the kulli sahwin sajratan, yes. You did the shahud, the shahud is not supposed to be done in that place, then you do sujood sahud after the salam, inshallah. But this this witter witter is after Isha, right? Not at Maghrib time. Mm. Okay. Based on the answer that you just gave about uh, two people residing Surat al and each of them doing istimar, uh, can a person listen to a recitation of Surah al kahf without reciting it himself on Friday? Uh, and, oh, I, uh, the reward that the Prophet wasallam mentioned, which is uh, to be given the light, is based on you reciting, reciting it. Uh, so I will not choose for a person to uh, listen to Surah Al-Kahf uh, rather than uh, he reciting it by himself. And uh, also, uh, that is the reward of effort, you know, which if I don't engage in it, I will not get that reward. Let's say somebody made Hajj on my behalf. The effort of movement and going to do the Hajj, all of those uh, difficulties that he is encountering, he will get the reward. I will get the reward of Hajj. That is a reward for Hajj. I will get the reward of that Hajj and he will get the reward of the effort. The same goes to the reading of the Quran. That person will be getting it. Um, and we will get the reward uh, you know, when it comes to the numbers of and the reward given for every letter. So, and so in, uh, uh, on Friday, the Prophet وسلم, said, Man qara'a. And they not say, Man istama'a. Man qara'a Surah Al-Kahf. Whoever recited Surah Al-Kahf. So, a person should read it he himself, not listen, uh, not listen to somebody who is, who is reading. Allah Alam. Uh, 
when we say that uh, listening to somebody else will give us the reward, a reward of istima, uh, does that include as we listening to the radio, for example, or on recordings? Yeah, because that yeah, you get the reward of uh, if you are doing the istima. Istima means you're focusing. You know, brain is going with it. You know, they said you get the reward of that. Uh, the reward that person is getting be even light about So whether you're listening to this or listen, although that one is based on hikayat qira'a, it's not the real uh, thing that was taking place uh, currently. It was narration of a recitation by somebody, but it is uh, still Quran. You know, it is still Quran. So when you are listening carefully, you know, be in light Allah, you will be rewarded for that. If you are not listening, you know, you are doing the sama. You know, you are just in a place where sometimes you catch and sometimes it, you miss it. You don't get any reward for uh, for this. You know. The same as the person who is doing it, you don't get that kind of kind of reward. So uh, it is preferable to read, but it is excellent and good and mustahab also to listen. Uh, to the Quran from others. Rasulullah told uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud uh, to read Quran uh, to him. He said, Ya Rasulullah, how can I read Quran to you? And the Quran was revealed to you, Ya Rasulullah. Rasulullah said, I, I love to hear Quran from others. You know. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud read until at the time he reached uh, in Surah to An-Nisa. The Prophet ﷺ cried and he told him, Hasbuk, Hasbuk. So the fact that he says, I love, Alhamdulillah, I love to uh, listen to the recitation of the Book of Allah Subhanahu from others. So that's a, a great statement and it acts as a recommendation by the Prophet ﷺ for us to listen uh, to the Quran from others. Mm. Uh, question by uh, some advice on time management and priority for us who have exams during Ramadan. Uh, it's affecting the time for Ibadah. And please do keep us in your times. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you good. Uh, Ramadan, if you want to succeed in it, uh, you just have to understand that Ramadan uh, uh, being the month of productivity. And this is how Ramadan is. Ramadan is the month of productivity. Many battles took place in Ramadan. So my advice is uh, a person should risk, I mean, adjust his schedule. Look into the time you rest, the best time for your rest and rest at that time. The rest of the time divide your, uh, what do you call your activities according to what left the balance. So in the daytime, sometimes we sleep, you know, so that means night uh, should be the place of the vast majority of your activities. But if you don't understand Ramadan to be the month of productivity, you will definitely fail. So my advice to the students, uh, don't let the, the situation controlling you. Be the one who is controlling your, your uh, I mean, the situation and the condition where, uh, uh, which you are in. Having examination in Ramadan shouldn't be an issue at all. And actually, and, and I'm, uh, I'm telling you from my heart that it should be an opportunity for you. And it should be an opportunity for you to have examination in Ramadan because I do believe the focus should be more. Uh, you, you, the, the focus and uh, what you call the consciousness is more and the understanding is, is greater. 
and bathing light Allah as long as you are willing to dedicate your time and to be serious you know to be energetic in terms of being productive in this month Allah SWT will bless your revision you know your reading inshallah so do understand Ramadan to be the month of productivity because this is how the previous nation understood it and they really made a success in this month of Ramadan a lot of success have been given to the companions during the month of Ramadan they show strong you know they're a very strong nation, you know, Ramadan was not making any difference, you know, they, they increase, you know, their righteousness and their productivity uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Ramadan. So you also do the same thing, Allah bless you. But other than that, I ask Allah to grant you tawfiq, to make life easy for you to pass uh, the exams and also to grant you success in your education. Barakallahu feekum. Okay, Alhamdulillah. Okay, then, uh, I see you on uh, Thursday, inshallah, uh, at the same time, five, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdika. Shadu Allah ilaha illa anta. Astaghfirullah wa tubi ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.